Welcome to the Trap Shooters United podcast. I am your host and owner, Joe Brumfield. I created this to help share, showcase, and support this amazing sport by talking to shooters, vendors, parents, and companies. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trap Shooters United or like us on Facebook. This episode is presented by Fioki, high quality ammunition manufactured right in the heart of America with locations in Ozark, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I choose Fioki because of its extremely light recoil while still crushing targets. But you may be thinking to yourself, Joe, why should I believe you? You're just a mediocre weekend shooter. And you know what? Point taken. Let me find someone with a lot more credibility. Hey everyone, this is Shelby Skaggs, ATA All-American, Oklahoma Trap Shooting Hall of Fame member. In our sport, being consistent is the key to success. Fioki's line of shotgun ammunition is second to none in this regard. Proven by my 772 straight in the singles competition during the 2022 Grand American, experience the Fioki difference. Welcome to episode 14 of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Joining me today is a seven-time All-American, the second youngest person to ever break 200 straight. He made the 27-yard line at 12 years old, and he completed his Grand Slam at 15 years old. Grayson Stewart, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You had another great shooting year in 2022. Care to give us a recap of how your season went? Yeah, so I had a pretty solid year. Um, I kind of had, I was in the middle of a slump towards the beginning, starting with the Arizona State shoot in October, and really just tried to keep my head on the A game and went to Tucson to the Autumn Grand, and that was a little bit better than um, Arizona, or than the Nevada State shoot, but still didn't do quite as well as I would have liked. Um, my dad and I flew to Kohler's plant in January and had Kohler make me custom stock, which I received in March, actually the day before we left for the Arizona State shoot. And ever since I got the stock, including the Arizona State shoot, it just kind of took off from there. I got out of my slump in between January and March, so I was able just to kind of jump right in to the new stock, starting off with my normal scores. So ever since I got the stock and just started continuing with my normal practice routine and shooting schedule, it just took off from there. And Ended up finishing my year with the Grand, and I always take about a two-week break after the Grand, and then I get right back into my practice routine. What is your practice routine typically? So it kind of depends. I know in the springtime with our youth programs, we shoot a lot of skeet and sporting clays. So um, from there, I'd say probably from December to April, I try to shoot for around 300 to 400 trap targets a week with a variation of singles, doubles, and handicap. And then I know my squad members and I were trying to shoot for at least a flat of shells of skeet per week to kind of help us get ready for the Sporting Clays Championship at our youth state shoots and the skeet championships at the same shoots. So during that time frame, from January to April, I'm, you know, six, seven hundred rounds a week um, at the minimum. And then... During the shooting schedule season, from starting about June until the Grand, because my shoots are always stacked so far right next to each other, you know, some of them only have a few days apart or maybe a week apart, sometimes I'll take that week off or maybe I'll just go shoot 250 doubles that week 
that's my doubles are my main thing. I try to stay on top of my doubles the most and, and then try to, once I kind of get my doubles tuned in to where I want them to be, then I'll start focusing on my handicaps. I don't necessarily practice a lot of singles during the off season. I'll probably shoot 75 to a hundred a week, but I definitely try to focus more on the doubles and handicap. Uh, gotcha. Now, what do you, what do you think, um, the custom stock, um, what do you think the biggest difference was going from the, the stock that you had versus the custom one? So Kohler's got four different, um, stock dimensions. So they have one through four. I, when I bought my Kohler, I had bought it with the number four stock and that has different offsets and different twists as compared to the other models. And that works great. Uh, eventually I grew out of it cause I got my Kohler when I was 14. So as time went on, I kept growing and, and filling out a little bit more. So we would add, we have a friend that owns a water jet company and he custom made me like aluminum spacers. So I would increase like a quarter inch, I'd say probably maybe every five months as I would grow. And then I would have to kind of move my comb around a little bit towards the end of, or towards the beginning of this year, my comb was about a half inch high and about a half inch to the right with the length I wanted. But the problem was it was the bottom part of the shelf was starting to cut my face. The shelf was the comb because it had such a lip on it for how far my comb was slid to the right that I didn't really have any other choice but to sand that down or go with a custom stock. So we decided to fly to Kohler. It was actually the weekend. My birthday is January 20th and we went there January 13th. So it was the weekend before my birthday and I got the stock and it was, it wasn't even really a custom stock. It, it was basically it matched dimensions of my original stock I had. Just basically got rid of that shelf that was caused because my comb was slid so far to the right and increased length. And I had them, I got pretty big hands and my old stock, my, like my pinky finger would hang off the bottom of the stock for how I hold my, on my right hand. So I know they lengthened that and they added a big palm swell. So everything was pretty much the same just which I think was another reason why I was able to kind of jump right into the custom stock because I wasn't learning a new stock. I already had that stock figured out. It just now my comb sits flat. I don't I don't have it kicked to the right or the left. Now it's now it's just one piece. So that's definitely been a big help and definitely very fortunate to have it fit me as good as it does. It uh, I mean, I can definitely see a major improvement before there would be days where I'd mount it and it'd feel kind of weird. And it just seems like every time I throw it up, it feels the exact same. And I've got kind of a locking spot on my cheek that I know where my face needs to be at. And, you know, I mean, as long as I mount it correctly for, you know, my normal shooting routine, then it's a, I mean, it fits me like a glove. Awesome. Um, senior year of high school this year. What are your plans for after graduation? Yeah, so I actually um very thankful for my mom. She she's definitely pushed me. My mom teaches sixth grade. She's pushed me all the way through high school, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I had a ton of classes. I didn't take very many electives because I wanted my senior year. My goal was to graduate early and also only have two classes a day. So this year I have two classes a day. I'm out at ten forty and then I graduate January thirteenth this year. So my plan is to graduate in January and I'm going to take that seven months off of school. I'm going to focus on um, my jobs and trying to save up some money. And then I plan on attending colleges um, that fall semester. And speaking of colleges, I'm talking to some shooting colleges now and we're kind of working out some dates that 
we can schedule for some tour visits. And my main, my goal since I've started shooting was to shoot on a collegiate shooting team. So that's, that's, I think towards probably more towards the beginning of the year, my family and I will start to go around and tour some colleges and try to find the best fit. And then hopefully sign some papers and to the college that I feel is going to suit me best and attend. I think they, I think most of the kids attend college like right after the grand, maybe like that same week the grand gets over. So, so I'll be starting college any, in the uh, fall semester. Do you have any colleges narrowed down to maybe three or four? Yeah, I think I've got, I think I've got four narrowed down pretty solid and it's kind of hard because what I'm going into doesn't, necessarily take a certain college it's not like i'm trying to be a rocket scientist my main plan is to get a master's degree in sales and finance so that's a the business side of colleges is definitely a pretty open realm most colleges coach that so realistically for me i'm more looking for how does the college fit me and you know how far away is it from home and will i will i know people nearby if something goes wrong if my truck breaks down or something so just little things to figure out from there, but I've got it narrowed down between four of them, and I plan on attending some tours with all four of those colleges. And like I said, we'll just find out which one suits me the best, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Uh, kind of go into how you got started shooting. So I started shooting when I was eight. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, we have a place up in the mountains, and I mean, I've been obsessed with the outdoors. Four of the rides, shooting, upland game, waterfowl, big game, everything ever since I was a little kid has been wrapped around the outdoors. So when I was eight, my dad and I went to a turkey shoot sometime in the fall where they normally are. And we met, as we started continuing those turkey shoots, we ended up meeting a super close friend of mine, John Zinnel, who was starting a local youth team through the high school I attend. And at the time, there was 10 people on the team. We were the only team in the state. And we'd, we'd have two shoots a year. One of them was in Utah and the other one was in Elko, Nevada. So as time progressed, John actually works for Federal now. So he moved to Minnesota. My dad took the reins to run the team. And from about the time when I was eight until now, there's, there's over 400 youth shooters just in Utah. And I think we have 14 teams statewide. So we bounce around to all of those. So starting, that was the USAS program. That kind of got me into it. I shot my first registered target when I was nine years old at just a local trap club. And then I hit the circuit when I was 10 and just kind of getting my, just, I guess, deciding on how far I wanted to take this. And then by the time I was 11, we decided that this is what I wanted to do. So we started hitting all the shoots. I know I had a pretty big streak on there. It was like the Western Grand, the Utah Station, the Western Zone. And I believe the Wyoming State shoot, all all four of those were back-to-back. And um, so that kind of got me going. So I've definitely had a had an opportunity to be a part of a lot of organizations in shooting, which I think has definitely helped me. So it's been kind of fun to, to be a part of the growth on the USAS side of it, but then also attain my goals and achieve them on the ATA side of it. Now, have you taken any shooting clinics at all from anybody? I haven't really taken a like a scheduled set clinic. I know I've definitely had some people who have been major, major influences. I know um, John Zinnel, the guy that started our youth programs in Utah, ever since I was little until he moved to Minnesota, he, he coached me along. My dad was a big coach, 
And we've had to just some people, you know, I mean, I'd fall into a slump and I would just ask some people that I've looked up to my whole shooting career and just say, you know, hey, would you mind standing behind me for 50 handicap targets or 50 doubles? So I've never had a, a set clinic, but I've definitely had a ton of big mentors and um, coaches help me along. Now, the, you were the youngest to break 200 straight up until this this past grand, uh, Chase Dabrinsky um, broke that. Um, what do you remember about that day? That day was crazy. So that was the first year I started hitting the circuit when I was 11. So to backtrack two weeks before I shot the 200, um, it's kind of funny. So a friend I used to shoot with a ton, we actually started shooting on the team about the same year, our youth team. And he shot his very first 100 straight the weekend before the Western Grand Invernal. And we always had like a healthy competition with each other. And my goal back then was I wanted to shoot the 100 straight first. Well, he did it before me. So then as competitive as I am, we went to the Western Grand the week after. I actually rode down with them and my dad came or my mom came on the weekend. And I ran the opening singles and then I followed it up with another 100 in handicap that, that same day, which set uh, another record for the youngest on record to shoot 100 in singles and 100 on handicap the same day. And I kind of carried on the rest of that shoot. And then two weeks later, the Utah State shoot happened. So I was still on the high for shooting my first hundred straight. And, um, I, I mean, being 11 years old and, and walking around the club and looking at all the, the big dogs, you, you know how it is. It's kind of a funny, funny feeling. So I go to the Utah state shoot and just get with my normal squad and just some of the kids on our youth team. And I ended up breaking that 200 straight and actually it was kind of funny. So I ran the first hundred straight and then a friend of mine who's also been a big mentor in my shooting career, Leslie, told me that if I break the 200, then she would do cartwheels all the way from trap 12 all the way down to trap one. So I was like, holy crap, <laughs> I've got to do this. So sure enough, I go and break the 200 and she was standing right behind me. And next thing I know, I see her doing cartwheels all the way down the whole entire trap line. So that was pretty cool. It was definitely a super exciting day. I was in a shoot off with some of Utah's best shooters. I know it was like Sherrod Oak, Sean Hawley, a guy that used to shoot a lot, Scott McKinnon. And Joe Sudbury. I mean, there was, there was, I think there was seven or eight people of us in the shoot off and I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was so nervous. And, um, I, I actually think I got out of it on like the first round just being so nervous, but I was happy with it. It was definitely a super big high and, you know, a rush of excitement for me being 11 years old. And it was really cool to carry that record. And honestly, this year when Chase broke the 200 straight, at the grand, I mean, I was, it just totally brought back that memory to me. And I was super happy to pass that on to him. And I actually met him down at the federal building and we got him, he was shooting Remington STS shells and we, we met him down there and we got him set up with some Remington gear and took some cool pictures. So it was really neat to, to see him, you know, seeing him smile like that just brought back memories of how I felt when I shot my first 200. So that was a, that was a memory I, I won't ever forget for sure. Yeah, I saw the picture of you guys. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a that was a really really neat experience. So, um, how old were you then when you, when you broke your first hundred in doubles? Um, I actually think well, I shot it with my Kohler, and it was at the yeah, it was at the Autumn Grand. So I think I was fourteen. Yeah, I was fourteen because. I got my grand slam at 15. So I was 14. It was at the autumn grand when I was 14. So I guess, um, there was three, this coming autumn grand will be four, four autumn grands ago. 
And then at 15, then you, you accomplished the grand slam with a hundred from the back fence. Was that at Spanish fork, right? If I, if I remember correctly. It was, and I actually have attained all of my grand slam scores at Spanish fork, following it up with the hundred and doubles a couple, I think a year or two after that. But, um, yeah, Spanish Fork's actually my home club. That's where I do most of my practicing at for the trap side, like I said. And from January to April, I shoot a lot of ski, and that's they don't have ski fields there, so I use a different club. But during the trap season, I, I'd spend 100% of my practice at the Spanish Fork Gun Club. So is it, is it safe to say that's your favorite place to shoot then? It's definitely safe to say. That's <laughs> hands down my favorite place. And I honestly just kind of like the, you know, it's up in the mountains, and it's super grassy, and, it's always, you know, pretty, pretty chilly during the evenings, which is kind of nice. It's not super hot. It's got an awesome background and some of the best targets. Jenny McGowan's actually running the club now, which is kind of funny because when I was 10, a local club around here had a sweetheart shoot. So I met Jenny at just these local ATA shoots and I didn't have anyone to go to. So my dad was like, ask Jenny to go with you. So Jenny was actually my first date when I was 10 years old. I took her to the sweetheart's turkey shoot is a 50 handicap and we actually won it and um <laughs> that was a so it's been kind of fun to to have that experience and then now that she's running the club it's it makes going there even that much more special absolutely um what's been your gun progression you're shooting a Kohler now but what'd you what'd you start with so i started with a remington 870 field grade 20 gauge and i shot that for probably about five months and then I ventured off. In fact, my my dad got it for me for Christmas. It was a, it was a Micro Midas BT99, 28-inch barrel. He put a gray coil system on it and had ported barrels, so it was just a short little thing. And I shot that until I started to shoot doubles. And then I met with a guy who actually works for Browning now. He had a Browning XT, and he came up to us at one of these local ATA shoots in Utah and said, hey, you know, go out there and shoot this doubles event. Use my gun. So I went out and shot it and just fell in love with doubles. And after that, he said, why don't you just keep this gun until you get your own doubles gun? So I shot his gun for doubles for about seven months, gave it back to him. So I was using my BT-99 for handicap and singles. And then I was using his Browning XT for doubles. And then I gave it back to him. And then my I talked my grandpa into starting shooting the local league with us. So he bought a Browning Satori crossover. Then I started using that for doubles. Actually, the first time I went to the Grand... I shot all of the doubles events with his gun. And then after that kind of vanished, I bought a Caesar Greeny Maxim, just the over and under is a 32 inch over and under. And I had a rad recoil system on it. And I shot that from, I think when I was about, I ran my 200 when I was 11. So I think I had the Caesar from, for two years, 12 to 14. And then I bought my Kohler um, when I was 14 at the Grand. We made a deal with Elite Shotguns and I picked it up at the Spring Grand um six months after that so uh, which uh which color do you have do you have the high profile or the low profile so like i said not to keep backtracking but i shoot a ton of skeet and sporting clays doing the youth stuff so i needed a gun I, i'm not a big fan of having multiple guns multiple point of impacts different stock configurations so i needed a gun that i could shoot all disciplines with so i bought the low profile trap combo which is the all clay sports version of their trap guns so I got that, and then since then, I've gotten a carrier barrel set and sub-gauge tube so I can shoot all the different gauges through it as well. So it's definitely, so, that, was, that was probably the best move, for sure. Uh, your current setup as far as chokes and point of impact for trap? Yeah, it's probably, 
I've, I've never, I don't even think I've shot a pattern board with my custom stock. I, if I had to guess, I, I'm not a big fan of shooting pattern boards because, you know, you're shooting a standing still target where every trap yep. target's either rising or dropping. So, um, I would say it's probably about 80%. And I just shoot Kohler factory chokes. I shoot a modified on singles, a full for handicap, and light mod mod on doubles. Gotcha. Um, do you make any changes at all when you're shooting 16s and then go back to the 27? You know, I used to, and I thought it was the I thought it's the best thing since sliced bread until one time you forget to take your quarter inch spacer out and go <laughs> shoot singles, and you can see how that goes. So I stopped doing that, and I actually ended up. I heard a guy tell me, he said, "Go set your gun up for handicaps. Learn how to shoot it on handicaps, and then figure it out for singles and doubles." And I did just that, and that's what I would recommend. Yep. And, you know, a lot of youth shooters is if they're going the ATA route and shooting handicap is to set it up for the hardest discipline and then figure it out on the, not saying that singles and doubles are easy because they're definitely not, but set it up for the less complicated ones. Yep, absolutely. I'm a big fan of just setting it, get it set up and then don't touch it. Sure. Um, what's your favorite achievement so far? Um, I would have to say my grand slam is that, that really that really made a lot and that was a pretty awesome experience so when i shot my grand slam at the western zone in spanish fork my dad was shooting i finished it that's even more funny so every grand slam score i've gotten at spanish fork has been on trap six so i was shooting on trap six my dad was down on two and he was shooting the handicaps and he saw the crowd i shot my hundred the hundred and handicap and you know everyone was running up to me and he saw it while he was shooting and so that he finished the round and walked over to me and he actually didn't even finish shooting the last 50 targets of his own <laughs> event. He was so happy. So the, I would say the grand slam is that was definitely my, my most memorable experience for sure. Um, what uh, shooting goals do you have? Um, I'd like to make the all American team again this year. I know this past year um, due to my slump and stuff I was in, I, I made the second team. Um, my goal is to make the first team on the junior team as my last year as a junior. So that's that's probably my main goal. I'd like to I'd like to maintain my spot on the youth state team and keep my averages up there and I'd like to achieve a triple A twenty seven triple A average. I I was triple A twenty seven triple A classified at the shoots last year, but I was about twenty percent off on my doubles average. So I'd like to maintain a a high singles average and definitely be triple a and doubles like a legit triple a and doubles you just got back from the nevada state shoot you want to give us a rundown on how that went yeah it was a good shoot so i flew out from salt lake on monday and got picked up from the airport by a friend of mine named greg who i've been shooting with since i was 10 in fact i actually met him at this state shoot seven years ago so we stayed at his we stayed on his trailer on the range and kicked the shoot off Tuesday morning and I just kind of went from there. I, I had a good week. I had some ups and downs, but I was able to, to get into a handful of shoot offs throughout the whole week and double singles and handicap and ended up taking the junior high overall and the junior high all around, which I won the junior high all around in a shoot off as well. So overall it was a great week. We had a good time and had a, made some fun memories with some friends and it was a good shoot. Did they shoot Annie's after every day? So they did Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. They didn't do Saturday night just because of the single championship shoot-offs, and they also had the the uh, mm-hmm. special event and stuff like that, so they had too much going on Saturday. But from Tuesday through Friday, they did. 
I saw you. I saw you won at least one. Did you win any, any more? Yes, they did. They did two every night, and I won four of them. And I took second one, and then I, I lost one of them. And what was the special event? Was it like a fifty bird? It was a Calcutta for the handicap yep. championship. What was, what was the uh, top score for that? Ninety-seven. So Sunday we had about a twenty mile twenty mile an hour wind, and I came in with an eighty-nine. I missed one target on my last post, and honestly felt pretty happy with it. It was a it was a tough day to shoot handicaps and went back in and looked at the scoreboard and two close friends of mine, Britt Dalton and James Schuler from California. Those guys, Britt shot a 96 and I thought there would be no way that someone would top a 96 in that weather. It was, it was pretty tough. And sure enough, one of the last squads has come in, James shot a, shot a 97 and ended up winning the whole thing. He was a low 97 and he got bought in the Calcutta for $400. So it was a, pretty exciting oh, wow. experience for him too he won it the year before yeah i thought well. 90, 90 97 96 and then i think 94 won in state yeah it was there wasn't very many scores in the 90s i i don't typically look at the scores too much but from what i saw unless a handful more came in i think there was if i had to say through the whole shoot there was maybe only 20 scores in the 90s which is kind of yeah, shows you how crazy. how hard of conditions it was so like i said i felt good coming out of it with an 89 and I should have shot a 90. I don't. I missed one in the last post, so I'm not sure why I missed it. It was a hard left on post one and shot right behind it. But I guess that's what keeps you coming back. Uh, Mount Rushmore of trap shooting for you. So I'm going to do this a little bit different. Um, rather than, I mean, there, don't get me wrong, there's definitely some great shooters, but to me, in my opinion, the Mount Rushmore people are the people that you know, when I first started shooting, the people that I would just look at and watch them shoot, and I mean, they've been huge influences to me, and that's that's more my Mount Rushmore people that I, I still look up to, and they've sure. helped me a ton. So, I would say Sherrod Oaks, and he lives in Vernal, Utah. Ever since I was a little kid, I mean, Sherrod befriended me the very first time I went to Vernal, and it, he was just, I mean, he's probably one of my biggest inspirations, watching him shoot. I know I try, after watching him shoot so much, I try to kind of manip- manipulate a lot of the things that he does. So I'd say Sherrod Oaks for the first one, Aaron Willoughby for the second, and TJ Maine that lives in Washington. And TJ's kind of funny too. Me and him have another super healthy competition. I know at the Wyoming State shoot in the Western Zone, two years ago at the Wyoming State shoot, me and TJ were one target bouncing back and forth throughout the whole week for the non-resident high overall. And we both tied with the 199 in the singles championship. And I won that shoot off and then he beat me in the double shoot off. So ever since that shoot, me and TJ have gotten a super close friendship. So it's been super cool to, to, you know, become friends like that and have competition with each other. And it's more of an uplifting competition. And then for the fourth, I would say Zach Nanini. Ever since I met Zach, he's, He's got a super warm smile, and he comes over and says hi, and he's just a, he's definitely a super positive influence in my shooting career for sure. Uh, can you kind of get into your role with the Elite Shotguns? Yeah, so this coming March will be my second year working as a sales associate for Elite Shotguns West. So I run basically the Rocky Mountain West division. Um, so I try to hit all of the, I help them down in Tucson and I have my own trailer with my own inventory. So I bounce around, do a lot of the shoots in the neighboring States, along with all of the Utah shoots around here, including all the youth stuff. So like I said, this, this coming year will be, um, 
this coming March will be my second year working for him. I know I signed at the at the Spring Grand two years ago. I I signed the deal and we agreed that that we would do this. So ever since then, it's been it's been a completely awesome opportunity. It's been a huge door opener and. This is the inventory or this is the industry that I that I've been wanting to go into. I want to go into the the outdoor shooting hunting industry when I'm older. So this is definitely a a pretty awesome experience for me to have, and I'm very grateful for it. And it's it's super awesome to work with such a great family. Can you kind of go into who your other sponsors are? Yeah, so I got put on Federal's Pro Staff team when I was 12. Once I made the 27 yard line, so I've been with Federal for the past five years. And I've been on Team Kohler since I was 15, so the past two years, and then along with Team Kohler, Team Elite, which is the company I work for now. So, oh, so you, you've to, accomplished quite a lot in in such a young a young age. It's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, last question here for you, then I'll let you go. Uh, what's your best advice for handicap? This one's tough. I mean, handicap's such a, a different ball game. It's you know, I mean, some days you're on the top and other days, you know, you're down on the bottom and you have no idea what separates the two days apart from each other. But I would say the my biggest thing on handicap is to make sure my gun's super steady. So when I, before I call for the target, I want that. And I don't, I'm not very big into looking at my beads, but I look at them before I call for the target. And I just try to make sure that my gun is super steady so you can get 100% clear vision when the target comes out. It also lets you know if you get a slow pull. Or, you know, a fast pull for some reason, because you're that focused on making sure that everything's there before you shoot. It just kind of helps work out some tweaks. And that would probably be my biggest thing for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Grayson, for joining us today. Thank you to AJ Supplies for supporting the show. Be sure to reach out to AJ Supplies for all your reloading needs by calling 419-583-7133 or messaging them on Facebook. That's a wrap on this episode of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Thank you all for listening so much. Your support is greatly appreciated. See you all out on the trap line.